You're listening to media from University Lutheran Church and Student Center. We are a multi-generational, Jesus-centered community of Scripture, faith, and grace located in Tallahassee, Florida, on the campus of Florida State University. To learn more and to get connected to other resources, please visit universitylutheranchurch.org. We hope that the next few moments are a time when God speaks into your life by the power of His Holy Spirit about His Son, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who comes to bring us an endurance that lasts even the worst of days. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Elijah was having a bad day. We maybe don't quite pick that up from this reading, so let me give you a little bit of the context. Uh, You would think that Elijah would have been having a great day, in fact, but uh, things happened. Uh, One of the things that happened that should have led to him uh, celebrating and having a great time was that he just got done having this sort of contest with the prophets of Baal. He had this contest with the prophets of Baal that you might remember from some Sunday school lesson someplace where they set up these two different altars and they have two different bulls on each of the altars and the prophets of Baal go first. The prophets of Baal go first and they're singing and they're praising and they're doing crazy stuff like taking knives and cutting themselves open so that their God, this fertility God Baal, who looks like a bull, will see them and will look favorably upon them and will send fire down from heaven and ignite his namesake, the bull, on this altar and by that show that he is the great God of Israel. The problem is they do this and... Well, they kind of run out of steam. They've been doing it so long. In fact, Elijah is sitting there and he's even kind of snickering to himself going, what's wrong with your God? And if you look deeply into the Hebrew text, he actually says, well, maybe he's taking a nap or maybe he's just kind of busy in the bathroom. And Elijah gets kind of spiky with them because he knows that he worships the true God and that becomes evident in just a little moment as Elijah says, not only am I go- is my God going to light this bull on fire, but I tell you what, I want you to take some water and I want you to douse the bull with water. I want you to douse the altar with water and uh, my God is still going to make this thing light up and sure enough. The holy God, Yahweh, that Elijah worships, sends down fire from heaven, which obliterates the bull and even obliterates the altar and shows that God is the true God, that Elijah's God is the one who has the power. He wins the contest. He actually goes and puts the prophets of Baal to death. And on top of that, God lets it rain, something that hasn't happened in Israel because there's been a great doubt for a number, great drought for a number of years. And it seems like in all of this, 
Elijah should be having a great day. He should be able to say, I, I won through God. He should be able to say, I had this victory. But the problem is that, well, what he did made the queen of Israel not very happy. Because you see, the queen of Israel was a worshiper of Baal. Her name, you might sort of hear in, in your ear and kind of know that she's a bad person. Her name was Jezebel. And, and you, you have this kind of story of her not being real happy with Elijah for all of these reasons, because he won the contest, because he put her prophets to death. And so she goes to Elijah and she says, guess what, buddy? You may have won that battle, but I'm going to win the war. I'm putting a price on your head and you're going to die. Well, that's enough to start a bad day. And so Elijah runs into the wilderness in order to escape Jezebel. He runs into the wilderness in order to be comforted by the fact that he can be anonymous there. And as he's in the wilderness, he is taken care of by God, but he still ends up sort of in this mopey place at the mouth of a cave. And there's everything that seems like, okay, well, Elijah, you should be having a good day. And so God comes and he says to Elijah, Elijah, what are you doing here? And we probably maybe say the same thing. We're like, Elijah, what are you doing here? God just proved to you that he can send down fire from heaven and zap your enemies. Why are you letting this get to you? Why are you having such a bad day? But it doesn't change the fact that it's a bad day for Elijah. And Elijah says, Lord, so many people just, they, they don't follow you. They, they don't know who you are. They've torn down your altars. They've killed your prophets. It's just a bad day, Lord. It's a bad, bad scene. Well, it isn't just Elijah in these readings that's having a bad day. In fact, we can look at this gospel reading, and I think we can look at this gospel reading, and we can say that Jesus is having a pretty bad day. Yeah, he's the savior of the world, but that doesn't stop him from having a bad day. And this is one of them. This day that Jesus sort of starts off this kind of new chapter in the gospel of Luke. If, if you look at the gospel of, the Luke, of Luke and the way that, the, that Luke writes that gospel, this is a real hinge point. This is a moment in which things start to get different. And the thing that starts to get different here is, as Luke puts it, Jesus sets his face toward Jerusalem. He sets his face toward the city where he knows he is going to be killed. He knows that it is his time to shift his trajectory into a place where he is going to go and he is going to be beaten. He is going to be blasphemed. He is going to be crucified on a cross. Well, that's enough to start the bad day for you or for I. But it doesn't stop there for Jesus. Because Jesus gets up on this day that he knows that he's setting his face toward Jerusalem. And then on top of that, he is going to be going through Samaria. 
Now, going through Samaria was not a normal thing for a Jewish person at the time who was going to be going to Jerusalem. But Jesus feels like it should be okay. He's traveled through Samaria before, and so he sends sort of scouts ahead of him. And those scouts are supposed to be getting things ready for him. And yet those scouts come back and they said, it's a no-go, Jesus. They don't want you because they know that your final destination is Jerusalem. They don't want you in their town. Because there's this historic problem between the Samaritans and the Jews, and a part of the problem is where they worship. You see, the Samaritans think that people should only worship on Mount Gerizim, but the Jews think that people should worship in Jerusalem. And so if a Jew is coming through their town and is wanting to go to Jerusalem, the Samaritans on principle say, no go. And so Jesus gets this disappointing news back, but that's not the end of the disappointing news. It continues on as his disciples, some of his top disciples, some of the inner circle come to Jesus and they have this great idea. And they go, Lord, do you want us to call a missile strike down on the town? To which Jesus, you can kind of see him after he's taught these guys for years upon years, dropping his head and shaking it and going, no, what would make you think that that is what I want you to do? You can see that it's still a bad day for Jesus. And on top of that, he has these sort of recruits that come up and they try to audition for Team Jesus and they're all just all of the wrong people. You can get a sense that Jesus is having a bad day on this day. And we know what it's like to have a bad day, don't we? Maybe you've had a bad day recently. Maybe there have been things that have been similar to either Elijah's story or or to Jesus's. Hopefully nobody has threatened your life. Hopefully nobody around you has uh, sort of threatened the murder of somebody else. But you know what it's like to have a bad day. Maybe you got a speeding ticket. I did. Just on Monday. Maybe your water heater went out. Mine did. Maybe it was something else. Maybe you got some concerning news from the doctor. Maybe things at work didn't go the way that you wanted them to. Maybe somebody in your life said something that really set you off. Maybe things just aren't coming together for you. Whatever it is, you know what it's like to have a bad day. And you know what it is like to have that experience of having a bad day. And bad days are interesting because our bad days say something about us. Because on good days, we can be good people. On our good days, we can be, you know, sort of charitable and kind. On our good days, we can stay off of Twitter. On our good days, we can do all sorts of things that are good for all of humanity. But on our bad days, well, that's where we start to fail. On our bad days, 
those are the days in which it's more likely that we're going to commit a sin. On our bad days are going to be the days that, uh, well, maybe that thing that we've been able to resist so far, well, uh, we, we're not able to resist it anymore. On our bad days, maybe we say that thing that is a little bit more crass and crude than what it needs to be. On our bad days, maybe we don't completely trust in God's provision for our lives. On our bad days, there's all of these things that can happen to us. One of the interesting things that happens to us on our bad days is that we sort of forget about forgiveness. And I'm not talking about the way in which God forgives us. I'm talking about the way in which we forgive other people. You know, it's interesting that a lot of times we think about forgiveness as being something that we just say, well, I forgave that person. It's done. But that's not really what forgiveness is after all. You see, forgiveness isn't just a one-time thing. Forgiveness is a promise, and a promise is enduring. It's long-lasting. And so when you forgive somebody, you are continuing to forgive them. Even after you say, I forgive you, you have to live into that reality. Otherwise, it's no longer forgiveness. It's just you being a hypocrite. And on our bad days, we're much more likely to lose that enduring promise of forgiveness. On our bad days, we're much more likely to see that person who sinned against us and to remember that sin and to let it burrow deep down inside of us and get angry at that person and begin to not forgive them anymore. Well, that's an important thing to remember as we look at this gospel text with Jesus. As we look at the things that Jesus says on his bad day, the end line of this gospel text tells us something about who Jesus is. And Yes, he's talking to some of the people that have run up and have auditioned to be a part of his discipleship team, but in a lot of ways, he's talking about himself as well. As he says, anyone who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus has just put his hand to the plow. He has just shifted in his trajectory to go to Jerusalem in order to put his hand to a great big wooden plow that is going to plow the fields for all of his church, that is going to make a way for all of us to grow up and sprout up in his spirit. He has put his hand to the plow knowing that he is going to go to the cross in order to die for our sins that we commit on both good days and bad days. And Jesus isn't looking back. He's going to that cross. He's going to Jerusalem. He's paying the price for our sin. 
And it doesn't stop there. Because what Jesus offers us is a great gift, a great enduring gift. That gift of forgiveness. The gift of forgiveness that even on our worst of days, Jesus doesn't look at us and say, well, I'm having a bad day myself. I kind of forgot that I forgave you. (laughs) Jesus doesn't ever say that. Jesus, on his good days and in his bad days, showed us that he was the same person, that he achieved what we cannot achieve, that he achieved for us enduring forgiveness, not a forgiveness that just lasts for a day, not just for a a forgiveness that lasts for a good week, not a forgiveness that lasts for one of those months that just seems like it goes by so great and we're doing so well, not just for one of those really awesome years where you're feeling super spiritual, but for eternity, Jesus never goes back on that promise that he has given you that I restated to you just at the beginning of the service today where I said your sins are forgiven continuing action are forgiven for all of eternity and Jesus's sacrifice endures for us so that we know that there is never going to be a day so bad that he reneges on that promise but that he always holds that out to us and says you are forgiven continuing action For eternity. So may you go out into this week, and I hope you don't have a bad day. But if you do, even in that bad day, may you recognize that Christ's forgiveness for you lasts through eternity. And maybe that'll make that day so much better. Amen. Thank you for listening to this media from University Lutheran Church and Student Center. To learn more and to get connected to other resources, please visit universitylutheranchurch.org. If you would like to financially support more media from University Lutheran, please visit our website and click the Give Now button which will enable you to engage in the Christian discipline of giving tithes and offerings to God through his church. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift up his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.